0: And we're back from the sunny part of Sunny Slope now. Welcome to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We do have three lines available. You can call after Lane. Uh, you can call right now. Actually, you can be up after Lane. The number to call 602-277-5827. 277 KTAR. We could talk about your, your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it, where to grow it. If you're doing something different at home, would love to hear from you. If you've got some great Christmas tree stories, would love to hear from you those as well. Whatever your dreams are when it comes to landscape plants and gardening. You know, we all have plenty to learn here. And if you've got varied experiences, something different you're growing, you think we need to put in, give us a call, 602 277 5827. Good morning, Elaine. Oh, Elaine may be listening to the radio. <laughs> That's okay. She's been on, so she she had to listen to the news, uh, Elaine. I'm going to put you back on hold, and whenever you uh, you hear us talk, you'll know that. Just pick up your phone, and we'll uh, we'll be right back with you, Elaine. Uh, beautiful morning out there. You know, it's just a, a, a fantastic time of year. But I want you to be a little mindful, folks. We might have some freezing temperatures this week. You know, it looks like uh, we're going to have a northern rain come through here tomorrow, and with northern rain follows clear air and clear air that comes from the north can be pretty cold. So that being said, um, you know, this is the time of year we do worry and are concerned more about frost. So, uh, you know, like out of our citrus groves, we'll be running water and our wind machines and those kind of things. But at home, this would be the time to maybe get out today or tomorrow and get some frost cloth. And uh, it works really well. It's the easiest way to protect young plants. And whether you have, you know, a baby citrus tree, but especially, you know, and anymore we have so many more mangoes and papayas and different tropicals growing here. And if you want to protect those tropicals, if you want them to be around in the spring, what you'd really want to do is build a slight structure over them, something that would encompass more air and not touch the plant. You can do that with like four stakes and a piece of frost cloth. And if you're in a cold area, you'd probably want to include a light bulb as well. And uh, be mindful of the fact that all light bulbs aren't the same. A good old incandescent one is going to work a lot better. The new light bulbs don't give off the heat, and we're looking for the heat from the light bulb. So even a small heat lamp can work well, too. But uh, it's really time to get out and check in the frost. Elaine, I'm sorry we lost you there, but uh, if you'd like to call back, you can be up first in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Beautiful morning out, folks. And uh, you know now's the time to, to get out and really see parts of the valley. If you've never seen Fields of Roses, if you're out in the west side driving between the 303 and the, and the 202 on the northern extension there, uh, you can drive right along the Freeway there and see how many millions of roses we actually grow here in Arizona. Now they're not all grown in that area. You know, a lot of them are grown now down in southern Arizona, well, central Arizona and Pinal County too. But you know, it's amazing how well roses do here, and they do well here because of our heat. It keeps the mildew and those p- problems away from them. So while they're not very pretty here in the summer, you can have beautiful blooms in the spring and fall, and probably easier to grow here without having the disease problems than almost anywhere in the country. So you know, it's something you really. See a lot. The other thing I'd really encourage you to do is, uh, you know, start to share your citrus with neighbors. And uh, we have uh, we're starting our harvest right now. Right now, we're already into our Meyer lemons, and you can find our Meyer lemons at. Uh, the um, Albertsons Safeway Group, so either Albertsons or Safeway, or Sprouts or Whole Foods, and if you go to any of those stores, they should have our Meyer lemons to taste, and you know, you could easily grow a Meyer lemon at your house, but one of our favorite crops for here it does exceedingly well here in our desert, that's why we've grown that variety. But great flavor. It's a cross between a lemon and a mandarin and a prolific bearer, so you get a nice crop off them, and you can taste them at any of our partners here between Sprouts and Whole Foods and the Albertson Safeway Group, and uh, they're really quite good. We're kind of holding on our navels for a little while now. We're going to have our navel crop here pretty soon, but it's got to dry out, so we're hoping for not too much rain at our farm on Monday. Um, you know, navels are kind of funny in your, in your house when you're harvesting them, but... But uh, the navel oranges, the ground needs to be dry for the sugar to be denser, for it'd be less juice, and have your best bricks or best flavor. Uh, Take our next caller, Paul in Avondale. After Paul, we've got three lines still open. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Paul. Hey,
1: Brian. I've got a couple of different questions for you. One has to do with the... um I, I've, I've got a wonderful garden full of Cape honeysuckle, mm-hmm. um, and I've, I've grown it into uh, a wall rather than just have a, a spot bush. Um, and and so now, um, I mean, they're covered with bees, there's hummingbirds everywhere, and they do need to be trimmed because they're getting <laughs> incredibly wild uh, when can I start trimming these things
0: Paul it would be best to let the birds and the bees enjoy the flowers for now and they'll really flower a lot with this kind of weather in the wintertime. But but uh, I would wait and prune them until after the frost so February 15th would be our typical last frost date and I would mark the calendar that would be a great time to prune them if you prune them back now you can get more damage to the wood from the cold right, right
1: um, and then the next one for trimming is the my Monster Vitek. Uh-huh. I think that's the way you pronounce it. Right? Yeah. This thing is Vitex. amazing.
0: Well, and they're fun to prune in the wintertime, so let the leaves fall. Uh, which will be in the next couple of weeks. And if you want to go through and work and structure and prune that tree, I mean, BITACs, they're really interesting branch structure. They're fun to prune, and you can prune it back and keep it whatever size you want to. So don't be afraid to, you know, be fairly aggressive in your pruning, and it'll be rewarded in your structure and your bloom next year.
1: Really? even I mean, it, it's gotten to a point where the... the the main chunk of this thing, it's a tree. Oh, well, they are a tree.
0: I mean, vitex can easily yeah. <laughs> get 25, 30 feet tall, yeah. Well, so is an African sumac a tree, and, you know, so is a lemon a tree, you know. But, I mean, they're all bushes, but, you know, from that standpoint, the vitex is probably one of the most fun to prune, and, you know, it doesn't really resucker as much down below after you prune it either, so all those cuts and, and all that pruning you do, you'll be well rewarded, and, uh, you know, just when, when you're pruning, just think about what you're trying to look for for an overall shape, and you're not going to hurt Vitex.
1: Wow, that's great, because that, that thing, I, I bought it because it was there right at your entrance by uh, Lincoln.
0: Oh, when they were and in Bloom. The,
1: yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, we,
0: we saw a lot of them when they were in Bloom, Paul.
1: <laughs> and everyone should have one, and they're just amazing.
0: Well, they're, they're very drought tolerant, but they'll grow well in flood irrigation. I mean, they're a pretty nice tree.
1: And the last question I have is my Kumquat tree. Mm-hmm. Um, this crop is is mushy. What did I do wrong this year? Well, they're over they're,
0: ripe. they're overripe. They're mm-hmm. overripe. Ah, okay. So I should have pulled them off. You should have yeah. harvested them a little younger. You know, when they have a little right. tinge of green, they're still better than you know. But if they get overripe, they're soft. They're no good.
1: Oh, yeah, they're they're really bright color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the color will be pretty. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks again. Have you a great Christmas. Put, put
0: a yeah. couple kids out there with a slingshot and tell them to, you know, have those target practice. Put a little target up for them.
1: <laughs> oh, good idea. All right.
0: Thanks again. See ya. Hey, thanks, Paul. Bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Melanie and Chandler. Good morning, Melanie.
2: Good morning, Brian. How are you? I wanted to ask. I'm I'm doing well. I'm been having a gardening weekend i'm having a good time trimming things and i think i talked uh, to
0: you yesterday melanie
3: you
2: did (laughs) and i made lemon lemon squares it was very fun (laughs) um i was calling today because you were speaking about um the frost cloth Mm -hmm. and um i wanted to get some frost cloth and then understand a little more um if i put frost cloth over a few things do i need to take that off each day or does the sun get through it okay and
0: Well, it's not going to harm plants to leave it for two or three days. So like at the nursery, even if we've got the extended, you know, cold period where we're going to be real, you know, freezing for two or three days, we don't take the labor to take it all off. We'll leave it on for two or three days at a time and it won't hurt anything.
2: And then if it if it rains, things aren't. Really freezing. So, um, but if it gets wet, is that okay too?
0: Or, well, what happens with frost cloth? Okay. So if it gets wet and it's in contact with your plants, wherever the, it's touching the plants, you'll usually get some burn on the foliage. So that's why where possible, we like to suspend it, you know, and get it higher up off of the plants. So we're not going to burn where it comes into contact with the plants. But, um, as it gets rained and gets iced, it even gives you more protection down below except for the portion of the plant that comes into contact with the frost cloth.
2: Okay, very interesting. Um, All right, so just uh, stake it up around the plant for best results and then leave it on, and it can be on there for a couple days not to have to take down the whole yard and put it up again.
0: Sure. That's no problem at all.
2: Okay, great. Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you, Melanie. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. And we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have wide open phones when we come back, folks. The number to call is 602-277-5827, 277 two-277-5827-277-KTR. Give, share, a call. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. my grandfather and my cousin Joe. Well, Vincent actually. I was teased me the other day. I, I do have a cousin Vinny. My my cousin Joe is actually Vin, Vinny too. Anyway, back to the phones folks and we do have some lines open. The number to call 602-260-5394. Oh, no, it's not. That's the Saturday number. It's 602-277-5827. Don't call over there. I don't know what they will probably have some finance show over there. Call it 602-277-5827. 277 K-T-A-R. Cheryl and Scottsdale, good morning. Good morning. I have a
4: quick question
0: about wisteria. Uh-huh. Do we- oh, no. Cheryl, you're breaking up a little. Are you there?
4: Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I have a question about um, area. Uh-huh. I'm just wondering if I cut it back.
0: Uh-huh. You can, In absolutely. Canada, we have
4: to cut it right back every fall. And then it grows bushier and more blooms. But I'm not sure what to do with my wisteria that I planted about six months ago here.
0: Well, if it's young like that, there's no reason really to cut it back much. You might just do a little bit of moderate pruning on it. You know, once it gets big and vigorous and covers a lot of space, if you want to reduce its size, that would be great. But for a young plant, one that's, that's newly planted, Cheryl, I would just do a little bit of maybe moderate pruning and then let go.
4: Okay, thank you very much. Love the show.
0: Well, thanks for being part of it. Have a nice weekend.
4: You too. Ciao.
0: Bye-bye. Uh, Rick and Phoenix, good morning. Yeah, hey, um, I was actually
3: asking about roses. Mm-hmm. When is it good to trim the roses?
0: Well, the thing about it is if you have nice blooms right now, You know, we have the holiday season, whether it's Hanukkah or Christmas or New Year's, Um, you might just let them go through the holiday season because we can get some really nice blooms this time of year still. And then the best time to prune them would be, you know, somewhere the first week or two in January. And if they're hybrid teas and if you want to grow long stem roses, you want to butcher them back pretty hard. And if you take and turn your hand upside down and spread your fingers out, that's kind of the form you want to have on them. And uh, how old are they, Rick? Oh, about four or five years. Okay. So you could cut the the whole plant back down to about 10 or 12 inches if you want to, and it'll grow out bigger, longer flowers. On the floribundas, the ones that bloom like a hedge, you know, that have clusters of flowers, yeah. uh, you don't have to prune those back as much, and we're not trying to generate those long stems. So you can prune those just for shape. Okay, perfect. All right. Thanks, Rick. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Yeah, uh, Gail in Phoenix. Good morning, Gail. Good morning. Hi.
5: A little uh, a, a place that is just west of Prescott mm-hmm. uh, in Wil- Wilhoit. Mm-hmm. and I have I have about um, I've got a bed of iris that that measures about ten feet wide and about almost 150 feet long.
0: That's a bed of iris.
5: <laughs> well, it is, and and it's um, uh, been kind of overgrown uh-huh. with. The, with the, Various weeds and um, uh, uh, grass and, and and so on. And is there anything that I can use on on them as a uh, to kill the stuff?
0: Well, the the, pro- yeah, the, 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 well, the problem is with iris is that they're they're going to be, you know, there's not really a selective herbicide that's going to kill Bermuda grass and things in iris. Um, uh-huh. So it, it's going to be tougher with an iris bed than others. And the other hard part is, well, are, are, are they dormant to the ground now or are they up out of the ground?
5: They're still up.
0: Yeah. So if you if you let them have a hard freeze, that. then anything that's left there you could, you know, get rid of. And what you would probably I'll be... Work on, I'll no, work on that. Well, what would work well for you, though, Gail, is for all the weeds that come up in there, you can put a pre-emergent oh. right over the top of the iris. So. Oh. So if you come through and put a pre-emergent over the top, it might change your cycle of your blooms a little bit, but not too much. But it will also stop okay. the weed seed that's going to germinate this spring from coming up. So somewhere okay. you know up like where you're, where you're at up on the hill, probably about the middle or end of February if you put a pre-emergent down. Okay. And, and that's going to stop all the other weeds from growing up. It's not going to – and it'll stop the annual grasses too. It's just not going to stop the perennial grass like Bermuda grass. Up by hand the perennials yeah you, you well, you're good to take out but the uh, and it's easier to kind of let your iris go dormant first hopefully you get a freeze hopefully you get about two foot of snow up there and uh, Could happen oh no I, we used to have the place in Chino Valley and one year we had probably two and a half foot in chino so and you're a little higher than we are but um, Wow at any rate, you know we could it can certainly happen there. And it, man, is it beautiful up on that hill when it snows. But at any rate, yeah, if you can—if you. you can let that get killed, you know, kill your plants down, then take out the evergreens, then put down a pre-emergent, it'll probably not eliminate everything, but it's going to thin them down considerably.
5: That would help. Okay, thank you so much.
0: Thanks for the call. Have a nice Have a nice day. Bye bye. Uh Thomas in Peoria. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning, Brian. Nice to speak with you. you as I'm well.
6: calling about a Palo Blanco tree. Mm-hmm. And I call it a tree, and that's using my imagination. It's about as thin as a bit of spaghetti. It's been in the ground three years, and I'm just trying to increase the caliber on it. did really well with the rains we had last uh, during the year this year, 2022, uh, when I say really well, putting out a lot of leaves. But I just need it to become a tree, and it's been three years planted in autumn, 2019, southern exposure.
0: Well, Thomas, where those are native is just south of Weimus, Mexico, about six hours south of here. So what they like, they like a little more water than we have you know down uh, there they get a heavier monsoon so in the summertime you know if you want it to grow fast if you water it weekly on a drip system and if you uh, give it you know somewhere around 30 to 40 gallons of water it'll grow pretty fast okay and then at the same time if you go ahead and fertilize it um, okay. You know, and it, that'll make it grow faster. But, you know, they are, especially when they get large and mature, one of my favorite trees. And I just my, think they're beautiful. Mine,
6: too. Yes, trying to so, trying to get that that beauty. But uh, you're saying more water. I'm probably more, being a little more, too stingy. More
0: water and fertilizer. You can fertilize it with like a 10-10-10 or citrus food. And there's no reason to give it any extra water, do anything for it now, because it's going to be dormant and really not grow at all until March. Okay. But start in March with a little fertilizer. and if okay. you. Up the water into weekly in March and give it a pretty good dose, um, it'll really leaf out in April and it'll grow pretty fast all summer. But, you know, it's looking for a perpetual monsoon and it's
6: looking, uh, for, looking uh, for a little more steady steady rain than we no,
0: get. Not, <laughs> yeah, Not that it can't survive, but for it to thrive and get big. I mean, if your goal is to have a big, beautiful one, you know, it's going to really help to give it more water and fertilizer.
6: OK, I appreciate your advice. Thank you so much. Enjoy the show. Thanks,
0: Thomas. Bye bye. All right. Well, let's see. It looks like we have wide open phones, folks. Remember to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. We could talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, how to grow it, how to kill it. If you got something different you're doing at home, we would love to hear from you. There's so many styles and, you know, different ways to grow things here in the Valley. If you got a fun Christmas tree story, you can tell us that too. And it looks like we've got a couple minutes. I'll tell you a couple minutes story before we go to the news. So, you know, Christmas tree lots. You know, we you heard from Jane, and Jane was. I, I learned more from her father than anyone in the Christmas tree business. And you know, we all continue to learn. And you know, if you've ever been to our our nurseries, you know we have, especially over at the one at Glendale Avenue, it's like Christmas tree central with all the poinsettias and wreaths uh, and garland and hot chocolate and Santa shows up once in a while and all those kind of things. But in another note, a really fun lot we used to have was at Seventy Fifth Avenue in Thomas, and it was right in front of Toys R Us. So, and that was you know many moons ago, and uh, back in the nineties, and we had a the, the, what made it so special was our crew. We had Art, who won state in wrestling, who was Mexican American with a ponytail to his hip. We had Tim, who was. Tim Whitfield, F I E L D, who was African American and about an inch or two taller than me. And maybe you haven't seen me, I'm about six foot three. Tim was about six foot five. And then we had Gene, who came down from the Navajo reservation. Well, not really. He lived here, grew up in town, but he was a Navajo and quite a fun, quite a fun person. And uh, he still comes to sees us around Christmas time. And then we had Charlie, who wore a cowboy hat and had a six shooter, and he was just Charlie. He was pretty cool. And they were led by the fearless leader of the West Side Gang, Rick Cover. Now, I got to say we lost Rick Cover a little while back, but he was one of the most fun, brightest individuals I'd ever met in my life. And he uh, was an insurance agent, kind of medium-sized, kind of thick of build, had a beard all the time, but always had a smile on his face. And uh, back there at 75th and Thomas, we would back a semi-load of these little Douglas firs in and uh, we would sell sometimes up to a thousand trees a day and there would be kids that were there and then kids they were all of ages but I would say anywhere from 12 to, to 15 or 16 and they would just load trees for tips and the kids had a steady line there was usually 10 or 15 people in line to get their trees so I go in one you know evening and it's it's a Saturday and it's probably about six o'clock and the place is just rocking. They got their music up. The trees are being cut. They're being unloaded. Everybody's having fun. And, uh, so. The first thing they did is they break out their slingshot that shoots water balloons. And there was another lot across Thomas at 75th Avenue. So I, I show up and I see them launch two or three lot of water balloons into the lot across the street. And I and I had to laugh. And I said, come on, guys, it's getting dark. This isn't very kind. And so as we're there and as we're having fun and as as the crew uh, and all the customers are just having a great time, I noticed that they have next to the candy canes a bottle of Jack Daniels. And I thought, you know, this is a little odd. And they I'm like, Rick, you know, what's that? I don't care if you guys drink a beer or two in a lot in the course of a day, but a bottle of Jack Daniels next to the candy canes. Just help us, Brian. Just help us. We're busy, so I'm helping him, and we're carrying trees out. We're, we're actually all of the large crew. All we would do is stand the trees, and all the young kids would carry them out and help the customers. And we're standing our trees, and the customers would come by. They grab the bottle of Jack, take a snort off the bottle, throw the kid a candy cane, and away they went on their way. And. Uh, you know and it was, it's truly amazing but what what the biggest amazing was was the racial mix, the joy, and the team we had there and uh like i said we we lost Rick but uh his memory will always be a fond part of our company and a deep part of my soul because there was no one that's liked to sell Christmas trees more than Rick Cober. Uh, we're going to take a break for the news. After the news, we've got three lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827. 277 KTAR. Gordon, you'll be up next in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Looks like we'll get right to the phones. We do have one line left available. A number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Gordon in North Mesa. Good morning. Good morning, Brian, and uh, Merry Christmas to you. To you as well. I've got a question. Yeah, I've got a question on sago palms. Uh, I've got a couple of them that, uh, you know, they get the female and the male uh, growth mm-hmm. out the top of them. The, the male's not too hard to take care of, but the female has those great big balls in the middle of them. Uh, do you do something with them or just let them grow? Well, you know, you can try and cut that flower, you know, that cycle of the flowers out of them. And... Uh you know, if you catch it small enough, you might keep it from, you know, go ahead and manifesting itself in the seeds. The problem is that cycle takes a whole year, you know, so you'll, you have a pretty flattened head for a whole summer. And uh, it's it's the one thing that makes uh, the male sagos a lot prettier than the females. They just have the big cones. But the uh, the females do really flatten out if that head gets all the way mature to seed. Okay,
1: do they uh, come out very easily if you
0: just pull them out or do you have to Well, you'd, you'd want to get like a... a you know, what we have is kind of a long-handled, thin, real thin saw that you can kind of saw them out with. But once that big head comes up and makes its globe in there, you know, and that you, you, know you know, obviously know what I'm talking about. You've seen those big globes. Just cut the whole thing off. Okay, then uh, will it kind of rejuvenate the
1: it'll pop, branches it, coming It'll up. pop
0: a new head, but it it won't do that till a season. You know, typically, sagos here are going to pop two heads a year. Some places they do three, but here in the desert, it's usually two. And so once you've removed that, you're waiting for the next head to pop out. Okay, well, I guess I can do what I can and sit and wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're awfully fun plants, but that that bloom cycle is not one of their better uh, traits. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much. Thanks, Gordon. Bye-bye. Uh, Blair and Gilbert. Good morning, Blair.
4: Hi. Hi. I'm, I'm Blair, and I'm calling about a trumpet vine plant that mm-hmm. is at the edge of my patio. Okay. It's about 15 years old. The stems down near the ground are a good for, uh, three to four inches in diameter. It's green. It's healthy. It looks wonderful. But the whole plant... Over the last couple of months, appears to be leaning over to the side. It's actually lost, you know, moved maybe 15, 20 degrees toward the side. Blair, what color of
0: flowers is does your trumpet vine have?
4: Uh, orange. Okay. Bright, bright orange.
0: Mm-hmm. Does it lose its leaves in the wintertime?
4: Uh, no. Okay. No.
0: All right, there's different ones. Uh, what, what I would do with it, Blair, is probably just leave it for the winter. You might do a little moderate pruning so it doesn't fall over. And then I would come back this spring, like, uh, you know, mid-February, 1st of March, uh-huh. and just butcher it back, okay. let it regrow.
4: Okay. We were wondering if we should do that now, but wait
0: till spring? It would be better to wait till spring. And, you know, you, it's still going to look like something. But if you want to do a moderate pruning on it now, but the real butchering time would be when it's going to start to grow again. And that would be the middle uh-huh. of February, 1st of March.
4: Okay. It isn't because the lemon tree in its direction is blocking the sun. Well, it's partially it? because
0: of that. It's probably partially because of the weight of the plant. You know, and it it's okay. naturally a vine. I mean, it would grow right up through a lemon tree or another host plant, you know, naturally. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, if you'll just prune it way back and let it come back and rebuild, it'll be fine. Oh,
4: okay. Excellent. So that would be maybe February, March? Yeah,
0: that' would be perfect.
4: Okay, Superb. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Merry
0: Christmas. You too, Blair. Bye-bye. Uh, looks like Corrine and Mesa. Good morning.
5: Good morning. I'm calling in regards to this plant that's called a firecracker or um fire stick.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. Well, those are kind of different, I, I, but the fire stick, one that's turning red, that's, that's growing yes, up tall. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It,
5: and it's... Uh, First of all, I need to say we are snowbirds, mm-hmm. and somebody sort of takes care of it. It's at least twelve feet tall. Okay. Do, do I just let it keep growing, or can I
0: chop it you, you down? You can prune it ba- back dramatically. What you have to be very mindful of, though, is that that uh, talk to- yeah, it's a toxic sap. So if you're going to do it yourself, get eye goggles and gloves. You know, so you can make uh-huh. really certain you don't get it in your eyes because that's where it's really okay. painful. But with gloves and eye goggles, and you could prune it back or you could have someone come and prune it. But, um, okay. you know, it just seems they've gotten so happy over the, you know, I've never noticed them as large around town as they have been in the last oh. few years. And this summer was just a wonderful growing season for them with our monsoon. Okay. And, uh, they've really gotten happy. So some of them have gotten quite large, <laughs> but just be very careful when you're pruning it because the sap is okay. very toxic.
5: Because the people that walk by sort of ask if my husband's going to be climbing the beanstalk.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and, and you know, you might want to hire someone to do it that has experience, but, okay. you know, even if you hire someone, remind them uh-huh. of the fact that they have to protect their eyes and to use okay. gloves, okay? Because, you know, okay. even, even someone that prunes it might not be aware, but uh, that, right. that, that part's important.
5: Okay, thank you for your information.
0: Thank you, Crane. Bye-bye. What? Oh, let's see. That leaves us with three open lines, folks. Perfect time to call. we got about 20 minutes left. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Chris is surprised. Good morning.
3: Hi, Brian. Um, yeah, I had a question. Last year, I had two little rosemary trees. that looks like Christmas trees in pots out by the front of the west side of the house. And they were fine until summer. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there some way to keep them from dying?
0: (laughs) Well, if you put them in larger pots and just use regular dirt instead of potting soil, or if you plant them in the ground. OK, they just didn't get enough water when it got real hot and the plants were too big for the container. And unless they would have been watered a couple of times a day, they probably couldn't make it. So if you want to keep them the same way, just, just put them into a larger pot, plant them in regular dirt from your yard, not not in potting soil, and they'll do fine.
3: Oh, okay. You can't keep them small in the pot? Is this like well,
0: a- you're going to have to get them out of that light potting soil mix they're grown in, okay? Most of those are grown um. over in California, you know, kind of outside of San Diego. And... uh you know, right in that area, it's pretty darn nice weather compared to us, you know, in the summertime. And so they're, and they're watered in a nursery where they're on a drip irrigation system and they're watered daily or they're on overhead sprinklers and watered daily. And, uh, you're not going to want to be putting that much water on them. So if you'll put them into a pot about twice the size they are and the soil mm-hmm. around them, if you'll just use, uh, regular dirt instead of potting soil and then keep them pruned, you can keep them for years.
3: Oh, are you keep it small? uh uh-huh. Then Okay, um, I read that you put cactus soil in there.
0: No, you don't want cactus soil. Cactus soil is exactly okay. the opposite of what you want. You want something that's going to retain a lot more moisture. And the problem with the cactus mix is that's usually a, a real light soil so that we don't overwater our cactus and some of our plants that don't like water. Rosemary is a Mediterranean-type plant that, that grows in a climate you know somewhat like ours in Southern California, but it's going to need good deep irrigations or to be in regular. Your soil. So, see if it were in the ground, it would retain a lot more water because of the soil. But if you put, gonna keep it in a container, the soil that you put in your container, just use regular soil from the garden, not not uh, potting soil. Okay,
3: well, I have gravel yard. I don't really have any well, dirt I could scrape use. Scrape away a little <laughs> gravel,
0: dig up a little dirt. You, you can find <laughs> some there somewhere.
3: Okay, Uh, when it rains, are we supposed to not water our our trees in Lantana or...
0: Well, it just depends. Um, you know, typically we don't get enough rain to count. The rain we had last week was fantastic. You know, in our farm in the citrus, we actually had two and a half inches of rain. And a lot of places around the valley got an inch that fell slow and didn't run off. So that was a really nice rain. And that's going to go anywhere between 18 inches and a foot deep. So that's really going to help to saturate our soil. And this time of year when the days are short and the temperatures are cool, our plants don't use as much water. So that... That was one rain that actually really counted. Now, the rain that we're anticipating this week is coming from the north, and I'm not sure how much it's going to rain, but it doesn't look like it's going to be as substantial as the last one was. But, you know, if you've got established plants in a landscape and you had the rain that we had last week combined with another one this week, there's probably not much reason to water most plants.
3: Okay, was it once a week you
0: usually water? Well, depending on how old your plants are. So, if you have established plants in areas like Sun City, say, with, with heavy clay, you know, those plants really can be watered once every two or three weeks this time of year. Oh, I'm in surprise. Well, it depends on how long the landscape's been installed. If it's been installed in the last year, it's not so hardy. If it's been in for 10 years, it's going to have a lot more substantial root system and need less water.
3: Okay, well, my elm tree, um, it was probably 10 years old when it was planted two years ago. So.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not going to need much water this time of year because it's going dormant. Oh,
3: okay.
0: Okay? All right, well, thank you so much. Thanks, Chris. Merry Christmas. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, Marlene and Mesa, good morning, Marlene. Good
5: morning. Can you hear me?
0: Uh, very well, Marlene. Oh, Okay. Uh,
5: I'm also a snowbird, and when I left in the spring... I noticed that
3: I had like a fungus on my orange trees. It's little green. It looks almost like it could be leaves, but it's kind of hard on the ends. And I had went to the nursery down here, and they told me it was because I used ground clear on my on my uh, yard. Had that's true. With clear.
0: Uh-huh. That product shouldn't, well, nothing. I just
3: got back now, and and they don't look very good.
0: (laughs) No, they'll they'll grow out of it, Marlene, but that product is is very toxic to shrubs and trees. And so it shouldn't be be sold, it shouldn't be used, okay? So if you wanted to use something so you don't have weeds, you would use a pre-emergent, like pendimethalin. Okay, and a pengamethylene's different. Anything that says it's going to last, you know, for a longer extended period of time is probably not good. And ortho ground clear is, oh, I've seen more customers with damage from that than anything. Okay. Well, will the trees come back? They will come back. It's going to take some they time. Will. So, if you leave them on a regular water cycle, okay, if you fertilize mm-hmm. it in the spring, at there's some point mm-hmm. that that product's going to break down in the soil and it's going to quit doing the damage, and then you'll stop okay. starting to pop new buds and new leaves, but just never use it again.
5: Okay. Now, what did you
0: suggest using? Well, Can you, spell you that for You me? might not use, need to use anything. You know, I mean, well,
3: I do spray my yard before I go back, so I don't have weeds, and okay. you know, I have it so, sprayed.
0: So, what you would want to use is a pre-emergent, okay, and a pre-emergent, a pre- pre-emergent. pre-emergent, and um, you could use um, one that has pendulum or pendimethalin base is a good one, and there are others, but just you don't use any long-term sterilant type of thing, okay. Oh, so, just, okay. it should say okay. on it just pre emergent. So, what pre emergent doesn't kill any weeds and it doesn't really affect the roots. What it does, it puts a barrier on the surface so the plants can't germinate. And that's what uh-huh. you want to use. Okay. Okay. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, dear. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with uh, about 10 minutes left. The number to call, we have one line available, is 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. It's Brian and Sheera. have a Sunday morning from 7 to 9, live from Sunny Slope, Arizona, with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Oh It's really kind of special, folks. We have regular, you know, Arizona winter weather this this year. You know, it was a lot cooler in November, and uh, it's going to be a lot of snow up in the mountains in some places, and hopefully these storms keep coming from the north, and that's what brings us our snow and our rain, and it's what packs and helps our water supply for next year as well. So. All, all really good things but i want to really warn you that you know you want to be careful after the after the rain okay that's when it clears off and gets cold so if you have frost in your plants it's a great time to cover them and you want to get them covered up uh, you know right after the rain before they freeze so we might have some frost which we haven't seen in years especially for your tropicals you know we've been growing some beautiful papayas and you know i've seen papayas with you know giant size and great fruit mangoes and if you want to keep those around build a little shade structure and Put some frost cloth over. In the meantime, I want to ask you out for your best Christmas tree ever. You know, it's Christmas season. It's a great family time we have at Whitfield's. Our original store at 824 East Glendale is loaded with Christmas trees and poinsettias. We have a lot of poinsettias and trees as well in our nursery at Cooper and Guadalupe and Gilbert. And in South Phoenix, we've got a beautiful selection of trees at 26th Street and Southern and Hugo and the gang down there. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fun as the kids grow up that we have new generations in there helping with the trees. And Hugo's got a whole new flock of kids coming in there that are really a lot of fun. Or you can see us up on Bell Road, Bell and Sixty Fourth Street, where we have some of the larger trees. And if you're looking for something really tall, we have them. We have noble firs, Douglas firs, grand firs. We have a few blue spruce. Uh, We have some great Nordmans in there. But the most fragrant trees we just cut this week. If you're looking for something that's really fragrant and that will still last till Christmas, uh, now's the time to come in and get the grand first. Uh, we don't cut them until this week. They're ready this week. And, uh, we don't have small sizes in the grands, but we have beautiful ones between about seven and nine feet tall. We also have a really nice crop of Douglas fir and Douglas fir one that, uh, it's the, the less pricey tree, great fragrance. We don't sell them early. I mean, that's not a tree that we'll cut early, but if you want to have a you know a, a better price and a really nice smelling tree Douglas are fantastic this time of year and as you put them in now Christmas is easy to make whatever your dream is for the perfect Christmas tree come out and see us uh, we'll be open till 7 p.m at all of our locations uh, we're open regular time 10 a.m but from 10 to 7 today uh, Woodfield nursery we've been having fun for Christmas trees here now for about 34 years but we've been growing trees here in Arizona for about 40 yeah more than 40 we've been growing Trees here since 46 so just figure it out it's a long time but we'll deliver plant and guarantee we're licensed bonded and insured if you're looking for a perfect holiday gift we can deliver and plant for you before christmas oh let's see next up we have ann in phoenix good morning ann
7: oh good morning brian how are you
0: wonderful thanks for asking
7: good. Well, your Glendale store yesterday was magical and full of Christmas spirit and smells, and it was wonderful to be there. So uh, thank you for that, and I just wanted to ask a question about um, planting um, the sweet potato vines under citrus trees. Um, I was digging out the another garden with those um, potato vines in it, and the roots go so deep. Is that going to be a problem around citrus trees, or will we Want to
0: take them out? Well, not really, and they'll be fine. You know, you want to grow them out to the perimeter edge of the citrus, and you want to keep the Uh canopy of the citrus down fairly low so you can shade and protect the trunk so the tree doesn't get burned. But aside Mm -hmm. from that, they'll they'll use a little extra water, but they can be really pretty, and that's such a wonderful plant. You know, over the last really eight to ten years, it's gotten very popular, and you know they Mm -hmm. can be a beautiful little buffer that comes out.
7: Okay. Well, we just wanted to make sure it didn't, uh, rob the citrus trees from water yeah. and stuff like that. It so. It
0: can a little bit, but it won't hurt anything. You know, another really pretty plant like that, and it just, because of my Aunt Frances, I always remember them, but it's a Mexican primrose. So if you wanted oh. something else, it's going to flower like that, and but flower more, but nice little foliage too, you can plant around citrus. Um, there in our nursery, Glendale Avenue, we had some that my Aunt Frances had planted, uh, you know, many moons ago and uh, they were really special too. They'll grow like on the south side where they get more sun.
7: Oh good. Well these get a lot of sun. So what is it called again?
0: Mexican primrose.
7: Mexican primrose. Okay. Well thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Anne. Bye bye.
7: Okay. Bye bye.
0: Uh Ron and Mesa, good morning, Ron morning, Brian. Thank you for taking my call. I've got some
6: grapevines in southeast Arizona. Just about an acre of them. It's a hobby right now. Hoping mm-hmm. one day maybe it's going to be a you know something more than that. But I've got an issue with some leaf. What I think are leaf cutter bees, mm-hmm. uh, black bees that don't seem interested in stinging. But there's quite a few of them. And in the summertime, my goodness, I mean they they don't destroy my grapevines, but. Uh, they really take a toll on them, and I'm wondering if there's something I can do to minimize uh, the issue. It's not like I want to kill all the bees, but at the same time, I don't want them taking out my grape crop. Fertilize
0: the grapes. <laughs> the grapes. The grapes will outgrow everything, you know. And Ron, for the little butt that they cut up, and they, and they, you know, when you have a lot of them in a given area, you'll see a lot of cutting. But grapes can grow so fast that uh, they're not going to do any long-term damage at all.
6: Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, thank you for your time. Have a great day. Thanks, Ron. Bye-bye.
0: Uh, Patricia and Mesa, good morning. Good
3: morning, uh, Brian, and Merry Christmas to you. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old red push tree that's about 12 feet high. I water in the summertime every two weeks and in the winter season once a month. This tree is beautiful, but it has maintained all its green leaves and hasn't even begun to do the red Coloring of the leaves,
0: (laughs) Patricia. We're out of time, but watch what happens next week. You know, if we we get a frost, we will, and uh, that that'll change its color. But it. Okay. Thank you you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. Mm, Bye. And Bobby and Tom, I'll take you off the air. Appreciate all the calls, folks. Come out and see us for your perfect Christmas tree. And remember, it's uh, the holiday spirit year round. The more we work together, the more we help others, the more successful we'll be. Our Our diversity here is what makes this country special. Thoughts, mind, religion, ideas, race, it's all special. And we'll be back with you next Sunday with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show.